Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Over 5 million people play football in the USA and here to bring it to you in the raw, uncut, unadulterated is the undisputed number one sports show in Atlanta and abroad. 100 yards of football live from headquarters it's more than a game more than a show it's where football blends culture economics and society tap in tune in and lock in to 100 yards of football now football might be over for the season but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile devices to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right down to the Olympic coverage. It's the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome to 100 Yards of Football. And tonight is our legend segment. I'm your host, Bobby Butler. And man, we got a legend of all legends on with us tonight. All the way from Fayetteville, North Carolina. 38-year NFL coaching career. Coach Jimmy Ray. Coach, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bobby. It's good to be here. How hey, you doing? How hey, you doing? I'm, doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. I do this show every Monday. It's called a Legends Piece, and I try to bring on people we consider legends, and you're definitely a legend in the game in, in a lot of ways. You know, people may know your coaching history, but there's a lot about Jimmy Ray. before you, Even before you start coaching the league, um, that, that's just legendary, man. So we're going to – we're just going to have a conversation, man, and have a good time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Yeah. Awesome, man. So, Fayetteville, North Carolina, born and raised. Yeah, and yeah. in the segregated South. In the segregated South, man. It's yeah. a different Jim, time. Jim Crow. Yeah. yeah. Had to leave. Had to leave home to go to college. Went. Yeah. Went to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the mid '60s, in the height of the civil rights movement. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, I was a quarterback like you. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was a quarterback, and uh, I went to Michigan State mm-hmm. because I was uh, Duffy Doherty promised my mom that I could play quarterback, no, which awesome. was unheard of in the mid-60s. Because, uh, And then all of the historical black schools, mm-hmm. Tennessee State, Florida A&M, right. uh, Southern, mm-hmm. North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central, Johnson C. Mm-hmm. Smith, they were all recruiting me. Yes. And uh, back then, if you were quarterback, you went to a historical black school because right. mm-hmm. you would play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 
he told my mom I would get an education and I would be able to play quarterback. I played a position of quarterback until I decided I wasn't a quarterback. So wow. that was good enough for me. So I I took the I took the leap of faith, <laughs> <laughs> and it and it and it worked out pretty good for me. Man, it not only did it work out, Coach. You you were the first African American quarterback from the South to win a national title at Division One school. Yeah. Yeah, when I was, I was telling, I was telling my son yesterday, uh, Friday before the Super Bowl, uh, we were talking about the Michigan State experience, and um, when I was playing quarterback at Michigan State, I was the only black quarterback at a Division One school in the country. Wow! And now, if you if you turn on the TV <laughs> on Saturday during the fall, it's almost a rarity that a team doesn't have a black you quarterback. Have a black quarterback. That's I right. mean, even all the way down to Alabama. That, that's then, right. That, that's all right. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, hopefully somewhere, uh, some of the things that happened to me helped socially change and mm -hmm. the institutional racism that existed right. in the, in the country and uh, the equity of leveling the playing field and giving blacks an opportunity to play the positions that they played all the time growing up. Right. Uh, hopefully I had some bearing on some of that that's happening today. Oh, absolutely, Coach. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Because I, I remember coming out of, of, of high school and just like you, nobody recruited me in Division One to play quarterback, which was disappointing, right? Yeah. And um, um, I, I, two teams recruited me. I got I got a, a, a offer from UCLA and I got an offer from Oklahoma and I got an offer from Alabama, believe it or not. But they all ran the wishbone. And, and I'm like, dude, that's, that's <laughs> all you think about me. You know, I can run the ball. And so I was really um, pleased with the kind of um, arm I had, coach, and my ability to pass the football. And to me, that was really slapping my face. I'm like, I don't want to do that. But the good news back in my day, when I was in high school, I played both ways. Uh -huh. And so I played safety, and uh, which was like taking Kenny from a baby because I'm always guarding the tight end. And my senior year, I had seven picks. And I put six in the end zone. So everybody recruited me to do that. That wasn't <laughs> would, fair. Would you had no business back there. <laughs> so it was a wrap. My, my quarterback days were over, right? Uh, yeah. It was over. But to tell you the truth, Coach, I'm going to be honest with you. I had this uh, a hero of mine from my, from my hometown who played at the all-black high school, Carver High in Delray Beach. You know, he went to Bethune-Cookman and played. And had they, had they got him to call me and say, look, Bobby, we want you to come to Cookman, I probably would have gone, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm so glad he didn't call me. I tell him that all the time. So I'm so glad they didn't have you call me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it worked out. It worked out for me. Yeah. It worked out for me. So, okay, so so how old were you when you started playing football, Coach? High school? Because I know you didn't have Pop Warner football. Well, I, yeah, I started in, in in Pop Warner, what they call Little League or okay. Midget League at that okay. time. Mm -hmm. I think it was from 9 to to 12 or 13. Uh -huh. And um, I played I played in an organized league. Mm -hmm. I, I was a quarterback in little league and the organized league um, in Fayetteville, mm -hmm. and and had some success. Mm -hmm. uh, but that ended uh, when I got out of elementary school. Ah, okay. Because um, 
in junior high school there was no was no there was no competitive football. Okay. Uh, wow. It was only basketball in junior high school. Okay. And I really in Fayetteville, I really made my name as a basketball player. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, not a football player, but wow. I, I I because there was no football and oh. and basketball in junior high school was the uh, was the driving force. Right. And uh, I played basketball, and I didn't play football again until I was in the. 10th grade okay, wow. in high school. Okay. And um, I started, when I started playing football in high school, there was a senior quarterback already there because it was a segregated high school. Right. It was all black high school, E. e. Smith High School in e. Fayetteville. E. It still exists. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was uh, back during that time to be the quarterback at E. e. Smith was a I mean, that was a big thing. That's and, a big deal, right? I mean, and so I, when I got to high school, there was a senior, mm -hmm. uh, but he hadn't started. He had been a backup. Okay. And uh, the first game we played, I, I, I got in and I, I threw, I, I think I threw two and ran two. Oh, wow. Okay. As a, as a backup. <laughs> and, and then, but the, he started the first regular season game, uh, and we lost. Mm -hmm. And he and we he put me the coach put me in in the last in the second half, and then I played every down from that point on wow. all the way through my senior year. Wow, I think we lost good. we lost uh, one game, we lost one game and tied to mm -hmm. uh, doing my time at Eastman. Man, that's powerful, Coach. That's powerful. And you know, in the South, man, I, I, you know, I tell people doing segregation, it was some real football, man. Yo, yeah, that, oh, I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh, because every every kid, every every black kid in the in the city went to the, to the same high school. The same you high didn't, school. It wasn't like it is now, where they have yeah. uh, in Fayetteville, they have eight different high schools, schools now, now. Right? exactly. But there was only one high school that blacks could go to, mm -hmm. and that was E. Smith. Mm -hmm. And and the starting quarterback E. Smith back in the day, you mean you were you were yeah. a real deal. You had to be the yeah. real deal. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome, yeah. man. So, I remember, I was a kid, man. I was a kid, you know, watching, you know, uh, the all-black high school in Delray, man, watching them, you know, waiting on my turn and, you know, yeah. dreaming and being inspired by all that, man. And, you know, the band, you know, everything was just... <laughs> was just yeah, yeah, everything you know, my, was good. My, my dad was a preacher, so, you know, he wasn't taking me to the games. And so I didn't get a chance to go to a lot of the games. But I live um, two streets over from the high school, uh -huh. and so in my in my room, my dad had binoculars. I can look at the game when the when the ball was on a certain hash, right? <laughs> yeah. And so I would spend my Friday nights looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I can hear the band playing. You know, I was like, man, I was really into it, man. So, I mean, it was a lot of inspiration, man. I yeah, mean, that's so. interesting because my father was a Baptist minister. Really. Yeah, first oh, wow. Baptist church in Fayetteville. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. He he was Jimmy Ray too, right? Huh? Your father was Jimmy Ray the first, right? Yeah, he was senior. Yeah, he was James A. Ray the senior. Awesome. And man. and Jimmy is James A. Ray the third. The third, right? Right. Yeah. Oh man, that that's yeah. special, man. So yeah. when you go to Michigan State, right? All right, you you got a chance to play quarterback, and they were true to their word. You got a chance to play. 
right? And not only did you get a chance to play, I mean, you did it. I mean, you won a national title, right? But when you went up there, you went up there with a few guys, right? Guy by the name of Bubba Smith was there with you. Um, who else went with you, Coach? I know you had a guy named uh, Gene Washington. We had Gene. Yeah, we had we had uh, when I when I got to Michigan State, we we were loaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bubba came out of Beaumont, Texas. Wow. And George Webster, who had his number retired wow. at Michigan State, uh, number ninety. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was from Anderson, South Carolina, right in the backyard of Clemson, right on the right in right in Clemson's backyard. Wow! wow. And Charles <laughs> Charles Mad Dog Thornhill was from Roanoke, Virginia. Man. And Jimmy Summers was from Orangeburg, South Carolina, and we all got on the Underground Railroad, headed up north wow. to play football. Wow! And Michigan State discovered me. Mm-hmm. My senior year, I was selected to play in the North Carolina in the uh, East West Shrine game, which was okay. the was the best players in the east eastern uh-huh. part of the North North Carolina against the mm-hmm. best players in the western part of the of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But there was also a North Carolina South Carolina Shrine game okay. that I was selected to play in. But they went to it was legislated in the courts that I couldn't play because I didn't I didn't play in the North Carolina High School Athletic Association. Right. Okay. Wow! So they barred me from playing, but I played in the East West Shrine game up in uh, Durham, North Carolina. Okay. And won the most valuable player award in that game. And the guy that presented the trophy to the most valuable player was an assistant coach of Michigan State named Kyle Stoll. All right. And so that's how the that's how the recruiting of me started. Wow. The Michigan State. That's great, man. That's great, man. And see, there's nothing like a story or a testimony, right? Because, you know, there's always a lot of naysayers in the game. Because I can remember for me, uh, when I was nine years old, because I started dreaming about playing pro ball, right? Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I could see it, man. I could see it. And, uh, of course, I was this little tiny kid. And if someone would ask me, well, Bobby, what are you going to be when you grow up? Hey, I wasn't. He- I wouldn't hesitate to tell them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the NFL, and almost just like every time I said it, it was like the biggest joke somebody ever heard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm laughing. They say you, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I couldn't have those kind of aspirations. I couldn't say that because there were no black quarterbacks no in black the quarterback. NFL. Exactly. exactly. And so, uh, really, I my pursuit of athletics was because of an uh, opportunity to get an education uh, and I went to Michigan State with the idea of getting an education never even thought never had a thought about playing pro football now because Bubba, Bubba Smith was the first player picked in the draft right. Clinton Jones was the second player picked in the draft wow. George Webster was the fifth player picked in the draft Man. and Gene Washington was the ninth player picked in the first round of the draft. Is that ever happened before like that at one school? No, never, hey, never happened. happened. Yeah, and never, yeah, it never oh happened again. You know, in you know that year, uh, well, I I played. My sophomore year, I was the backup to Steve Juday. Okay. And we went undefeated. Mm-hmm. We were 10 and 0, mm-hmm. went undefeated, and we lost in the Rose Bowl game right. uh, against UCLA, mm-hmm. uh, a team that we had beaten before. We opened, uh-huh. doing, opened with them during the regular season. Uh-huh. And 
the coach was trying to give the senior quarterback a chance to to show that he that he was worthy of being drafted and right. he didn't put me in until the final like six minutes in the game we were down 14 nothing but right, right. we came back and had a chance to tie the game at the end and then the next year, the 10-10 tie against, against 66 right. for the national championship, mm-hmm. we played Notre Dame in, in East Lansing in Spartan Stadium. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we had, I think we had, <laughs> we started, I think, seven black guys on defense. Wow. Wow. The entire backfield on offense was black. Wow, well, wow. well, we had we had a, the fullback was Hawaiian. Okay. B- uh, Baba Pisa, right. uh, but Dwight Lee and Clinton Jones and myself, Gene Washington was wow. a split in. Man, and just you know, but but the social consequences of that game, Bobby. Uh, Notre mm-hmm. Dame only had one black player on the whole team, right. and that was that was Alan Page, who was a great. You know, turned out to be a superior court judge. Was a great football player. He was a member of the famed Purple People Eaters and the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, he 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 was a handful to deal with. And he he was a load. Yeah, he was. And it was amazing the fact that him and Gene played pro ball together. Yeah, yeah, they did. He, Gene, and Clinton—they all ended up on the same team at the the same team. And Coach, I used to watch them when I was a kid. I was a Viking fan all the way in South Florida. I didn't like yeah. the Dolphins. I didn't like the Dolphins, right? But I love the Vikings, man. That, that, yeah. That's unbelievable, man. So y'all yeah. went up there. Y'all just didn't go to show up. Y'all went up there and made noise. And won yeah, we did. We had man, we did. That, that, that's, that's special. A lot of people don't know about that history. Well, yeah. Well, it, it was, it was, it was, and, and I tell this to people all the time, uh, that education was a, was a vehicle yes. in the in the fifties and the sixties mm-hmm. to a better way and a better opportunity of life, right. uh, and that was that was what was was the driving force right. mm-hmm. uh, behind all of us going mm-hmm. going up there for get an education and have an opportunity for a better quality of life and to enhance the experience for the people that came from came right. behind us. Absolutely. Uh, little did we know that. Some fifty or sixty years later, they would still be talking about the ten ten tie with Notre Dame. In the show. <laughs> <laughs> but coach, that's special, man. We're talking about a national title, man. And you know, when you start thinking about the whole nation, you know, forget forget a state title. You know, a yeah. state title is hard enough in high school, right? Yes, sir. When you start talking about the whole nation, I mean, that that's a special thing, man. Yeah. I, well, you know. See, uh, back then, Bobby, you know, we only got to be on TV once, once or twice, once a year, twice a year. Really? They did, it wasn't, it wasn't a national football. Then wasn't a national sport where they broadcast the games of the week every right. week. So we, we we didn't appear on on national television, but twice. Mm-hmm. We oh, put, wow. we had played yeah. we played Michigan on national TV and then Notre Dame on national TV. Wow. But all of the rest of them, Ohio State and mm-hmm. Illinois, all of the other games, mm-hmm. Indiana, uh, they were they would have games in the region, right? In regional TV televised. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. It right. wasn't like the social media to, that right. it is today. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. 
Well, I remember, Coach, when I was a kid um, watching um, Ohio State play, and they had this this African-American playing quarterback named Cornelius Green. Yeah, I know Corny Green. He came, he came after you, right? Yeah, I recruited Corny Green. I tried yeah. to get him to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, no, no, he was from Washington, D.C. Yeah. I'm a little hot shot, pot water, you know, play, I'm eighth grade, ninth grade, somewhere like that. And I watch Ohio State play. And that brother came out there, man. He had on those red shoes, coach. Because <laughs> 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 my high school colors and my Pop Warner team were green and white, right? Uh-huh. So, man, we, we're playing in the championship game. I showed up, man, with my shoes dyed green. I dyed my shoes green. <laughs> 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 you didn't tell me nothing, boy. You didn't tell me nothing. I'm Canadian green right now, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, the influences in the game, man, it's just, um, you know, it's amazing how kids who are inspired, how, I know for me, I just used to get turned on, man. I, I see a guy like that playing, I'm like, man. And so I watch him. And of course, I couldn't watch him every week, but the little time I watched him, you know, I was excited. The, the, the opportunity I got to watch pro football, you know, I was excited, right? And so one of the things in South Florida, Coach, that we had going for us, and they still have today, is the fact that we can play football in the streets year-round. Mm-hmm. And so Christmas Day, it's like 85 degrees, man, where I come <laughs> from. Right? We still got on shorts, no shoes. We're outside playing ball, man. Yeah. You know, January, February, March, man, we're still outside playing football. Yeah. So we get a lot of reps in, man. So I'm amazed, even to this day, when I go back home down to Delray Beach, that they got these seven, eight-year-old kids playing seven-on-seven, seven, Coach. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. like, what? And they're good, too. They're, they are good. They're, they are they're, good. they're prepared when they, when, they, when, when they go to high school. They're prepared to play. I mean, right. they've been in passing leagues uh, probably Man, since they were in the seventh, eighth grade. And, and I tell kids all the time, it's about getting those reps. Yeah. Getting those reps. You know, it's almost hard for a kid today who's never played the game to jump in, like Gerald Riggs. Gerald Riggs didn't play high school ball until he was a junior in high school. That day is gone. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that yeah. day is over. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he wouldn't be able to catch up. That he wouldn't be able to catch up. I, yeah. I mean, he, would, he wouldn't have the IQ. He wouldn't understand the game. So, so it's crazy. So, Coach, all right. So, in 1968, you were drafted. Um, in the 16th round, back then they had, we had a lot of rounds in the NFL. You were drafted by the Los Angeles Rams. Exactly. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I was drafted by the Rams, uh, and the general manager at the time was uh, Crazy Leg Hurst. Elroy what? Crazy Leg Hurst. Oh yeah. And the head coach of the Rams was George <laughs> Allen at the time. Oh, wow. Okay, I remember and, Coach Allen. Right. Yeah, and uh, when Crazy Legs called me, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> he he said, "Welcome, welcome to the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. I will be out in a couple of days to see you, and and we think you're going to make a great free safety." <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't, coach. <laughs> <laughs> I say, but I, I say, but I'm a, I say, but I play quarterback. I never played defense. <laughs> I never played a snap of defense oh, in college. He said, "Well, we think you have the, we think you have the skill set and the oh, makings of wow. being, wow. being a great free safety." Wow. But I was also 
I, at that time, they had the negotiation. I was on the negotiation list of the Montreal Alouettes. Oh, okay. All and right. uh, my thought, well, my best chances to play quarterback would be to go to Canada because okay. right. Sandy that... Stevens, who was ahead of me, that mm-hmm. played at Minnesota, Right, he, okay. he had gone. Uh, he had gone to Canada and had, was starting a great career up there. Oh, and, wow! Okay. And so I was torn between um, yeah. going to Canada and going to the Los Angeles Rams. Right. And um, so I went to see my coach, mm-hmm. uh, and I talked it over with him, and then I talked it over with my my mom and dad. And then I decided, well, I can always go back up to Canada if mm-hmm. I if I don't make if it right. doesn't work out with the mm-hmm. Rams. I say, I say I want to play with the best and be with the best, mm-hmm. and I'll take my shot with the mm-hmm. Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little did know, little did I know when I got there, they had the fearsome force and David Deacon <laughs> Jones, Marilyn Nelson, Lamar the London. <laughs> <laughs> but and then, but then they were so good at pass rushing that you didn't have to cover long. You didn't have to cover anybody. The ball right. was coming out exactly. But, I, but I, I, I tried to learn how to play corner. They started me on the corner. Okay. And uh, it was me and Irv Cross and Clancy Williams. Irv Cross. Uh, oh my god. And Jim Nettles. Yeah, we wow. were we were the the secondary wow. people, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And I I didn't make it that first mm-hmm. year. They put right. me on they what they did. They called the practice the taxi squad. Taxi squad, right? It was a taxi, taxi squad, squad. Mm-hmm. and so I I was on the taxi squad the first year. Okay. Uh, then they they brought me back immediately after the season mm-hmm. season was over, and Eddie Metter was the free safety. He retired, mm-hmm. and they brought in um, Roosevelt Taylor mm-hmm. okay. from the Chicago Bears, oh, and, and Rose Rosie was brought in to to teach me and right. to mentor me, to wow. teach me. Wow. He and Richie Pettibone. Right. I mean, Richie Pettibone was a strong safety and <laughs> Roosevelt Taylor was a wow. was a free safety and he wow. his job was to, for me to follow him around and learn all oh, the intricacies of playing and making the calls and the secondary. And I was doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. I was I was never uh, a, a, a a hitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I could well, you, I could get you that I could get them down on the you're ground, down. but right, I would I, right. I wouldn't I wouldn't know Irv Cross. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. But wow. then, then yeah, then when I uh, I was also the punt returner for the okay. for the Rams, and uh, I fumbled a punt in the third exhibition game mm-hmm. uh, in the Coliseum in the Los Angeles Rams in the Los Angeles Coliseum, right. and uh, it was just before the half. Mm-hmm. But I got it back. I fumbled mm-hmm. the ball. Mm-hmm. It was was t- I was uh, we were t- I was told to go out and just catch the ball, take a knee, take a knee, and let's get in for the half. Half right. And the guy the guy hit a line drive shot, and mm-hmm. I said, "Boy, this thing got glory written all over right. it." Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, my, my, What's up? What's up? My, my thought was, "I'm gonna take this. I'm, I'm gonna take, take this from the house." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I fumbled it, but I fortunately I got it back. Got and then that. That Sunday, that that Monday morning, I got traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, right. and then that's where I, I played. And 
injured my arm, a compound fractured my arm, and wow. it kind of ended my career. Right, right, right. Wow. But, but I, I was no defensive back. I right. Because, that, see, that's tough, man. You know, and, and for me, I'm glad I played in high school. I played both ways because when uh-huh. it turned out that that's what they wanted to do with me, I had some kind of experience in it, right? Yeah. So, you know, backpedaling and breaking on the balls and stuff like that and making tackles, you know, in high school. But, you know, my high school was so good. My defense was so good. I, I didn't have to do anything on defense, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just throw it in my area, I'm going to get it, I'm going to go with it, right? Guys, what's more important than peace of mind? I'll tell you what, it's nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, because let's face it, there's a bunch of them, it's more important than ever to be sure you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryptions to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a flow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe, or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan, plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. But other than that, it was good. But coach, all right. So, so your your NFL career was over at that point. So, what made you decide, or did you always know that when your playing days was over, you were going to consider coaching? How did that start for you? No, I, I no, not at all. I, I never even thought about coaching. Okay. Uh, I. When when I when I was injured and I trained in the off season to try to rehabilitate myself to come back, mm-hmm. uh, and it didn't work out. I mean, my arm, my arm was of such that I couldn't I couldn't play anymore, and I was I went back to Michigan State to finish mm-hmm. my degree and to go to graduate school. I was planning on going to law school. Okay, and uh, studying for the LSA, LSAT mm-hmm. and going to get my degree and 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 entered a master's program in administration of higher education. Mm-hmm. And uh, my college coach Duffy asked me to co- asked me if I would want come out and help the football team mm-hmm. and be the uh, be the uh, run the scout team. Okay, mm-hmm. and that involved at that time. You know, I would draw the cards up for the up, plays, right? yeah, mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. for the for the defense or the opposing mm-hmm. offense, and did did a little scouting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I still wasn't thinking about coaching. I was just doing it to 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 get to get a little money off right. of, for my scholarship, and right. I was thinking I was going to law school. Wow! And then. <clears throat> I did that for a year, and at the end of the year, he said, "You know, you, you got the makings of a of a fine coach." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Yeah, okay, thank you." <laughs> and uh, then, then one of the uh, one of the assistant coaches at the time, they only had like six coaches back then. Mm-hmm. One of the assistant coaches on defense got a call. To be an assistant coach at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh wow! Okay, it was George Perlis. Mm-hmm. 
And so there was an opening on the staff. And so Duffy called me. Um, I was getting ready to go go back to North Carolina for Christmas holidays, take the kids down to North down to Fayetteville. Right. And he called me and I told me to come meet him for dinner over at the restaurant in East Lansing. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to be a coach. Uh, you and, and me and another, the other guy, the graduate assistant on the other side mm-hmm. that did the uh, defense. He said, I'm going to take George's salary. I'm going to give you 6000 mm-hmm. I'm going to give him 6000 and I'm going to take the other three and and uh, divide it up amongst the staff. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, that's, so that's how I got started coaching. My first coaching job, I made $6,000. Wow. Man, that's crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about it today, right? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't crazy back then because you no, took it out. <laughs> I, was a, I was a full-time coach at Michigan State. Didn't know nothing about coaching. But I wow. I, I decided when I, when I started, I said, okay, if I'm a coach, I'm not going to be the black coach on the staff. Right. I'm going to be the recruiter or the guy that calls solves all the black problems. That's right. Uh, the, of the interest of that, I'm going to, I'm going to be the best coach I can be. I'm going to learn everything I can about coaching. Absolutely. And I started, I started developing as a coach and going to NFL camps, driving my family. I had an Econo line van. Right. And started visiting camps and uh, learning how to coach receivers and offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I coached in college for, coached at Michigan State for four, four or five years, four, five four years, years or five years. And then I went to the University of Wyoming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was you went west. You went west. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the experience. Because I, what happened was, mm-hmm. uh, Duffy was kind of guiding me as a as a young coach, wow. and I had a chance to go to San Jose State. Oh wow, man! And uh, and at that time, they were a pretty good football team back in the yeah. day. Yeah. And I had a chance to go to, to Wyoming and I said, I've been in this cold weather in Michigan all this time. I'm going to San Jose State. <laughs> and so I go to the office and tell them tell them that I'm going I'm going to take the job at San Jose. Jose, right. And he said, No, you're not. <laughs> he said, No, you're not. You're going to the University of Wyoming. I wow. said, Wyoming. Wyoming. And he said, Yes, he said, the coach at the at the, at Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Is he's I, I know him. Mm-hmm. He's on. He was on Daryl Rawls' staff at the University okay. of Texas. Okay, and he's he's an up and coming guy, and he's going to be a great coach. And that's mm-hmm. where you're going. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I went home, told my wife, and she <laughs> I thought she was going to go back to Fayetteville. <laughs> we packed up the kids and and we went to Wyoming. And we were we were one of only two black families in the entire city of Laramie, wow. Wyoming. That's crazy, man. Yeah. So, but we made doing that that year. Huh? Uh, he hired me as a as a uh, offensive coach. They didn't they didn't have coordinators, and right? Backfield you know, coaches and all that stuff right. then. Mm-hmm. And 
we won the WAC Conference Championship. Oh, really, man? Yeah, yeah. We were well, my first year there. We won the WAC Conference Championship and went to the Fiesta Bowl. Wow! And during the time we were at the Fiesta Bowl, Dow Roll mm-hmm. retired as the head coach of the University of Texas, mm-hmm. and Frank Ball, Frank Brawls retired as the head coach of the University of Arkansas. Okay. And the guy that I was working for at Wyoming, Fred Akers, mm-hmm. had been on Dow Royal's staff and uh, he had played quarterback at Arkansas okay. under Frank Brawls. Mm-hmm. So he said, Jimmy, I'm gonna get one of these jobs. Mm-hmm. And if I do, I want you to want you to go with me. That's good, man. And so it turned out he got the University of Texas job. Oh, wow. And we left the Fiesta Bowl. I've never been back to Wyoming since. We left the Fiesta Bowl <laughs> and went straight went straight to Austin, Texas. Oh, and Austin's um, a great Austin's yeah. a great city too, man. I'm telling yeah, you. Yeah, it was. And my place. wife, my wife, and the other wives that on the staff that were chosen to go, they packed mm-hmm. up and they caravan down to Austin. Oh man, that's and awesome. uh, I got to Austin, and we had we had I had Earl Campbell. You had Johnny that beast. You had Johnny Lamb Jones, oh. Alfred Jackson, Alfred Jackson, uh, Derek Hatcher. Uh, wow. We we had a we had a great team. Man. And because um, that year Earl won the Heisman that year. Earl won the Heisman but, in '77. Yeah. That's right. But I didn't stay. I I, I installed the offense uh-huh. that spring. And and I I spoke on a clinic. They had a big high school coaching clinic in Texas during that time. It was called the Henry Franco Clinic. Okay. It was it was the national clinic. It was the who's who of football spoke on that clinic, and I was asked to be the be the speaker, mm-hmm. be a speaker on the clinic, mm-hmm. and as was. Chuck Knox, who was the head coach of the Los right. Angeles Rams. Right. Okay. And but Chuck had to Chuck couldn't make it. And so he sent he had to back out and he sent his assistant, Kenny Meyer. Okay. And so me and Steve Sloan, who was another hot Steve Sloan. Yeah, <laughs> another hot Because you been you been with some dudes, man. You been Yeah, some yeah, he played at Alabama and he was wow. a hot he was a hot and up and coming yeah. coach like I was. Mm-hmm. Uh he was head coach at at Vanderbilt. He spoke first and then I was on for the second session. And Kenny Meyer, who had was sent there because Chuck couldn't be there. Uh, sit in the back and listen to to my clinic talk. Right. And little did I know, you know, I I didn't know that at the right. time. Right. And then, lo and behold, the San Francisco 49ers fired Monty Clark mm-hmm. in the summer, in the spring. Wow. And so Kenny Meyer called had been a friend of a guy I coached with at Michigan State named Howard Wires. Mm-hmm. So he called Howard about me and then called me and uh, to come interview for the receiver job at the San Francisco 49ers. Wow man. And I and I hadn't I hadn't even I hadn't even got my roots, my oh, feet yeah. set into saying at the University of Texas and I said, no, I I, I can't do this. <laughs> and uh 
And then I called uh, one of the guys that I had known that I had been going to camp and studying under Ray Perkins. Ray Perkins. Uh, at, the, at New England Patriots. Right, right. I called Ray and asked him what he thought. Mm-hmm. And at that time, they were there was only two black assistant coaches in the NFL. In the whole league. In the whole league. That was Lionel Taylor and Elijah Pitts. Wow, yeah. man. Lionel and Elijah Pitts. So I said, well, if I don't go, I don't know if this opportunity right. will come around again. Yeah, right, absolutely. And, and I thought, well, if I stay here, I, 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 I'm, I'm the head offensive coach. I'm making mm-hmm. $60-some-thousand. I said, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got it good. Mm-hmm. I say, but I don't want to be here wishing that I had gone to One, right. gone to San Francisco, and I don't want to be in in San Francisco wondering what would happen if I stayed in Austin. Right. So my wife and I prayed on it, and I decided I was going to go, mm-hmm. and and I went to San Francisco, and I became the the third the fourth black coach because of. In between that time, Alan Webb was hired at okay. the New York Giants. So it was the Alan Webb, Lionel Taylor, Elijah Pitts, wow. and myself. Wow. And so, man, uh, it was only four black coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Man. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's amazing, man. I, yeah, I, it is. That's it amazing. Is. So, so, Coach, from that standpoint, I mean, you, you coached a long time. You was the 49ers. You've been with the Lions. You were the Falcons when I was there in 1981. After the Falcons, you went to the Rams. But when you went to the Rams in 83 to 84, you were no longer just an assistant. Now you are an offensive coordinator. Yeah, I became so the first. So your game, your coaching, you were growing your game, and then you got a, you got to become a play caller. What was that like? Well, that was that was interesting because when I was at the when I was at Atlanta the first time I was at Atlanta twice. twice right. I was first there with Lehman Bennett when we were really good we had Bukowski right and I had I had some people I had I had White Shoes <laughs> Alfred Jackson Alfred Jenkins uh, Wallace Francis Junior Miller yeah you had the, uh, I had some had boys and uh, and during that time. Lehman, the head coach, was the play caller. Okay. But sometimes in the game, he would he would say he would get bogged down. He said, "Jimmy, you take it." Right. And and I'd I'd call a little bit. Mm-hmm. Never, never, because in deck back then you just had positions. You didn't have right. offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, right. special right. team. Right. You didn't. We had three guys on our offense, a line coach, a backfield coach, a receiver coach, and you had three on defense. Right. That's now right. they got 19 or 20 or 21 got, guys. Got, but, got, uh, so I, I go to the Rams. Um, we, we had a really good team. We should have, we should have won the, we should have beaten Dallas in the divisional round of the right. playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barkowski and Alfred Jenkins. Uh, a guy that don't many people know about unless they really Atlanta, real Atlanta fans was probably the uh, of all my coaching career was one of the best wide receivers I ever coached. Coach, let me say this right now that while we're talking, I came in '81, and Jenkins, Jackson, and Francis was there. Of course, Junior was there. He was a year before me. Alfred Jenkins, coach, I'm so glad I never had to play against him. Yeah. I mean, he was a small guy, very intelligent. 
I mean, he'll never run a route the same way. So you never said as a corner, you 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 looking for that. You're looking for all right, if you run the stem in here, he do this, he's gonna do that, right? Yeah. And so that's what we what we we need that. Man, Jenkins has set you up, man. And hey, listen, I'm glad I never had to play against him. I'm glad I never had to play against William Andrews. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they yeah, they they were they were they were pretty good, pretty good. Absolutely. I remember I remember when you came. You showed up to training camp with two German Shepherd puppies, and I thought, "Ooh, what is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> so I said, "Come here, boy. What you what are you gonna do with these dogs?" <laughs> we're over there in the Ramada Inn up there, on top right. of the Falcon right. Field. So right. I take the do- I take you and the dogs. I take the dogs to my house. Uh-huh. That's and, right. Uh, to my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think Sherilyn was there yet. She wasn't there yet. That's yeah, right. and so. <laughs> I took the dogs over to my house over in Roswell. Mm-hmm. I lived over there in on uh, in uh, Martin's Landing. Martin's Landing, right? Yeah, exactly. me yeah. and Dan Roundfield and uh, Fulton Kikendall and Warren Bryant, Bryant right? And uh, <laughs> uh, the great basketball player for the Hawks, Dominique, uh, Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins. We lived right. up there in All Martin's in Landing. That's right. That's so right. I took the dogs to my house and. My wife gave him water and stuff, and you you bought food for him to last until training camp ended, and then uh, and then you took him to the house, and and then uh, when I left when I left Atlanta, you gave me the pick of the litter. I did, yeah. Of of uh, of that of that when the first the first uh, litter. litter that came out of there, right. and I got this beautiful. Oh, black and gold, black and tan, yeah. uh, German Shepherd. I named him Seba. He was a beautiful and, dog. Man. Yeah, he was a beautiful dog, and I, I had him all of, all the while I was in LA, uh, and then back to Atlanta. I kept he 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 lived to fourteen. I think he was fourteen, and he got he got cancer. The cancer, right? Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, Buzz I, and Kim, they lived they lived about the same age, man. Yeah. <laughs> You still have you still have German Shepherds? No, I don't have any dogs now. I don't yeah. have any dogs now. Yeah, you know, Stacy's son is 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 uh, breeding dogs, and he does a great job with it. He he's got some killer shepherds, and Sarah Lynn won't let me get another dog. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did Stacy come the same year? Yeah. Did Stacy come the same year as you? Who that? Stacy was he? Was he? Oh, Stacy came a year after me. Yeah, See, after I, came, I came after Buddy Curry and, and Junior Miller, and then okay. after me came um, Stacy and Gerald Riggs. They came okay. a year after me. So yeah. you got Stacy um, in '82 um, the first time. You coached him one year, and then you left and you came back. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. He's yeah, he's one of my favorites. I, yeah, I, I taught yeah. him. I taught him to weave and how to step and step on it. Yeah, he was. He was a good. He was a good player. Alfred Jackson, Alfred Jenkins, Wallace Francis, all those guys. Uh, Floyd Hodge. Uh, Floyd Hodge. That's right. That's my boy right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Stacy. One, one of the things about Stacy, the you know, Stacy was a good receiver. You know, he got drafted, I think, in the third, second or third round. Yeah, third um, round out of San Jose first, State. Out of San Jose yeah. State. A Fresno and, uh, State was it? Fresno State. Oh, no, San, 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 San Jose. San Jose. Yeah. yeah. Him and Gerald Wilhite. That that group came out of San Jose State. Uh-huh. So Stacy came here, you know, thin, tall, skinny, good speed. But coach, when you when you taught him 
your system, <laughs> it was a wrap. Yeah, yeah, oh, he, man. yeah, he's crazy. I saw he, him, I, man. He was two guys. I saw my rookie year. We played the 49ers in Atlanta, and we beat them, I think, something like 37 to 10. I think that was the last game time they lost that year. Uh-huh. They won their first Super Bowl. But anyway, I saw Jenkins that day beat my buddy Eric Wright. I think he scored like three touchdowns on Eric in the game. And I felt, I mean, I was feeling sorry for Eric, right? Because we come out of the stadium. <laughs> like, hey, right? and, so, and so I fast forward to a few years later, I think your second stint, um, the best corner at one time what was a guy named Monty Jackson. He played with the Rams. And Stacy did the same thing to him. I, yeah. I feel sorry for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Stacy had, he had a great ability to, to oh, go full speed and change direction without Damn, just like, so you never got a read on him when he's coming out of you it. Never Come, got a read when on. He, when he came coming out of it, and he uh, he had to he could drop his weight and, yes, and he accelerate. He was he was a fun guy to coach. He, he was a good was. guy, and yeah. then he, uh, he was a <laughs> guy that was coachable as well, right? Yes, he was. Yeah, very coachable. So, because what he did, um, I saw him like my son Bryce always wanted to be a wide receiver, right? So he played you football. I, I, I said, look, son, you're not playing receiver. Nobody's throwing the ball. This is Georgia. Everybody had a power eye formation. <laughs> so they had him as a tight end. So in other words, he was just a tackle, blocking. Yeah. So I said, son, you need to play quarterback. Just go out for quarterback, learn how to play in open space, right, things like that. And But then I want to be a receiver. I said, well, nobody's throwing the ball right now. So play quarterback. When you get up in age, you know, maybe eighth grade, you know, switch. And so – when he was like in the eighth grade, I went to see Sean Bailey, Stacy's son, play. And Sean kept telling me, I would say, Stacy kept telling me, you need to come see Sean play. Coach, when I went out there, this kid didn't belong on a high school field. Yeah. And not, not, I mean, he was fast, he was quick, I mean, he could run the ball, but it wasn't that. It's the way he ran routes, Coach. I'm like, man. I said, man, what you doing with these This is Jimmy stuff. I'm teaching Jimmy stuff. <laughs> so when Bryce got in high school, Bryce started playing receiver as a ninth grade. And, you know, Bryce was more of a basketball player at that time. And so he played as a ninth grader. He played, he started out ninth, uh, not ninth grade. He started out JV ball, which at the high school, we had a basketball high school. But they, he ended up being his, his brother's backup on the varsity. And they were 31 and 0 that year in basketball. Uh-huh. State title. So they had a great team. So, so I asked Bryce, I said, man, what, what do you want to do? You want to play basketball? You want to play football? He said, I want to play football. I said, well, I'm going I'm to recommend you leave this basketball alone and you go train with Stacy. And he'll train just like he trained Sean, his son. And he said, no. But then about two weeks later, he said, dad, I think that I'm going to do that. I think I'm going I'm to leave basketball alone. Coach, I'm going to tell you something. So he would go with Stacy. And I wouldn't even be out there. I just let him go. And um, during football season, if I didn't know my son's jersey number, I, I, I couldn't recognize him. He was a different player in yeah. one year. He went from playing freshman football, wasn't even the main guy, to as a tenth grader starting on the varsity. He's a different kid, just like that. Yeah, yeah. On, on, on Jimmy Ray's system, you know. Right? <laughs> yeah. Sean Sean went on to University of Georgia, didn't he? He had a great career. Played with Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Played with Stafford at at Georgia. And 
And you know, if he had, if he hadn't got injured, you know, he he would have been a good pro player. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. been a good pro player. But Stacy yeah. is still teaching kids your system right now. Yeah. yeah. So, it is amazing, man, because you, you know you see it and kids learn how to run routes. It's not like learning a craft. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people look at the game coach, you know, who don't know anything about it, and they think guys just go out, they just run and turn it out, running yeah. dude. It's a science to this stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and, right. Because you became in your 36, 38-year career coaching um, time in the NFL, you became one of the best play callers of all time. And so did you ever get an opportunity to be a head coach in the National Football League during your time? With all the work you were put in, you know, one of the best play callers of ever, did you get an opportunity? Uh, no, not really. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, I was interviewed by... Uh, the New Orleans Saints by Jim Finks okay. when he became general manager of the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. But they ended up hiring um, um, the guy that had come from the World Football League, uh, Jim Moore, because right. he had a staff in place and, right, right. and and they won the World Football League championship. Right. And so they, they hired him and I interviewed with Tom Brotz when he was he was a, he he was the general manager of the Falcons, the Falcons right. and left and went to Green Bay, mm-hmm. and he interviewed me. But that was really just uh, I knew Green Bay. I, I knew they weren't going to hire me. Right, uh, right. right. Uh, I interviewed with the New York Jets, mm-hmm. and I should have gotten that job mm-hmm. after Joe Walton, but they hired uh, Richie Kotite. Okay. And that turned out to be that turned mm-hmm. out to be a, a nightmare for them. Mm-hmm. And then I I was in Kansas City for twelve years, mm-hmm. and Marty Schottenheimer quit, mm-hmm. and uh, I interviewed for the Kansas City Chiefs job, mm-hmm. and uh, didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, Gunther Cunningham, the the defensive coordinator, <clears throat> got the job, but. You know, to you know, the, all of the time that that I was um, that I was in coaching in the NFL, um, I knew that early on it was it wasn't realistic, really, that I would get a head. They, would, they would hire a black head coach, mm-hmm. uh, and then when it when my star when my star was rising as a coordinator and a play mm-hmm. caller and uh with all of the experience that I'd had, I coached almost every position on offense in the right. NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh and had a had a good system, knew really knew how to attack people and play, mm-hmm. but um nobody was nobody was really interested. And then when Art was hired in eighty nine, I think right. it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shell was hired in '89 with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, maybe, maybe now mm-hmm. uh, somebody will come looking. Right. And uh, but it uh, it never happened. Yeah. And I uh, I felt I I never felt any um, I never felt any anger or disgust right. about right. it because right. I figured. I I figured that um, as long as my contemporaries and my peers 
right. that I was coaching peers knew the quality of my work and how well mm-hmm. I was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if management didn't want to give me an opportunity to be a mm-hmm. head coach, uh, I, at least I knew that people thought enough of me to think that I had the ability to, to, to do so. Absolutely. And, uh, then I went on to become president of the NFL Coaches Association and all of that, but I never got a shot really at being a head coach. Right. And I think I, I believe in my heart, I believe that I could have, I know I could lead. Oh, uh, I've been doing it all of my life. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I would, I thought I would get it, do a good job. But, uh, the second time I was in Atlanta, they fired uh, Marion Campbell. Right. Uh, halfway through the season, I think, I think it was, I think it was our third year there. We had drafted. I think we Deion, had eighty nine. That was nineteen eighty nine, right? Eighty nine. Yeah, we had drafted Dion and um, Sean the kid, the kid from Auburn, uh, Andre Bruce, Bruce. Right. Andre Bruce, and. Right. Uh, all of those people, we started to have uh, pretty good, but he got fired and I was on that staff and they mm-hmm. they passed over me and, and gave the job to Jim Hannafin to finish the interim deal. Yeah. And that, that kind of hurt. Right. Uh, because I had been there before. Right. Had, uh, yeah, you were family. The, I mean, you were. Yeah, the ownership, ownership right. knew me. Right. Uh, it was then owned by the Smiths, uh, Taylor Smith and Rankin Smith, Rankin Smith right. and his Rankin Smith Jr. And so I, I thought, well, they'll give me a, it was an interim basis. I thought, yeah, well, you were right, exactly. Yeah, I thought, I said, well, they'll appoint me, but mm-hmm. Ken Hillrock thought better of it, I guess. Uh, he was the one that advocated for Jim Hannafin because Hannafin had been a head coach at the St. Louis Cardinals. Right. So they, they named him. Right. But right. Uh, not to worry, I was. Right. Yeah. Well, well, you know, and then also, Coach, it's the time, right? I mean, you know, when when Art got the job in Oakland, I mean, he was family out there, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. so that that was, and then Al Davis was the, still still the owner, and he defied anything what all the other owners thought. He didn't care about what they thought. He was yeah. going to do what Al Davis wanted to do, right? Exactly. And, and Al Davis was a family man. He believed in his players, and you know, and so he got the job. Um, you know, we were all looking for you to get a job, you know, because that was the buzz, you know, um, not only for the players, but also, in, you know, in the league, you know, yeah. your name kept coming up and it never happened. And then we fast forward to the day, you know, the situation going on now with Coach Flores and, you know, and, and still, you know, we're not represented. I mean, a game that we dominate, we dominate this game. You know, when you, when you look at an NFL game, you look at 70% of the guys on the field or more are African-American. We can play the game, but we don't know the game enough to coach the game. Please give me a break, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> give, give, exactly. Me a, give, me a, give me a break. And so, yeah. you know, it's almost like, you know, in my life, I'm 62 years old. And I look back, you know, I can remember in 1970 when we integrated as a nation um, in, in our public schools. And, you know, I went to school for the first time with white kids. We never had problems. I mean, we, I mean it was never an issue with us, right? But every now and then you have something stir up, but nothing major. Yeah. Right? And then I go to Florida State, and, and my brotherhood and my guys at Florida State, man, I love those guys. We love each other, right? We never had racial issues, you know, because we had that one thing in common. We was all pushed. We're all 
torn down and built up the same way, right? Yeah. And so and so and because when you grow 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 through it, go through that as players together, you bond, right? Mm-hmm. You you bond, and, and we and to this day, man, just a lovely brotherhood. You're right, and then you see stuff like what's going on now. I'm like, dog, I thought we were a whole lot farther ahead than that, right? And so, um, and, and even with the Rooney Rule, you know, and and I don't like. I'm gonna be honest. This is me talking, coach. I don't like the fact that the Rooney name, because from what I hear from anybody who played for the Rooney family, they were a great family, right? But now because his name is, a, is attached to this rule, it makes it seem like even that family was a bad family, and they're not a bad family. You know, people like Brady Keys. Remember Brady Keys? Yeah, I remember Brady. Brady Keys was a good friend of mine. When I was playing with the Falcons, you know, he befriended me, and we used to hang out. He was a great businessman. He talked about how Mr. Rooney gave him his first opportunity, gave him the money to open his first restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean he did things like that. And so – and you look at, I mean, just even look at the, the their um, their coaching staff. Um, they the, the guy that is coaching it right now, he's got a, a great track record. Never had a losing record. Yes, yeah, correct. They've only had three head coaches in the history of the franchise. Coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. You know, in my twelve years in the league, coach, I played, including Coach Hannaford, I played for five different head coaches. All at all at Atlanta. All in Atlanta. I, I ain't played no other other place. Yeah. Lima Bennett, two years. Dan Henning, right? Marion Campbell, Jim Hannaford, and Coach Glanville. Yeah. So it's almost like every two years we're rebuilding, man. <laughs> yeah, you can. So, so I look yeah. at my buddies, you know, Eric Wright, uh, Ronnie Lott, we all in the same class, um, Carlton Williamson, they play for the 49ers. Uh-huh. Same system their whole career. Whole career. So I wonder yeah. why they're good. They're not rebuilding every year. That's right. When I think about our roster, Coach, you know, and you said it earlier, when you were in Atlanta under Coach Bennett, we had some dogs. Yeah. Coach, Coach, I I mean, we were losing. I didn't know how because when I look at the players, dude, we had seven pro bowlers on offense. Yeah. Dude, I'm like, (laughs) how do you lose these games, right? Yeah. But – I just really believe that when you keep turning it over, turn it over, turn it over, turn it over, you know. Yeah, that's the story of that's the story of the New York Jets and the exactly. Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they they they, they every eighteen months they are getting a new coach, and new coach. you can't build any continuity in an environment, establish an environment and a winning culture unless you have some kind of continuity. And, and, and Pittsburgh on. figured that out, and oh, I don't know yeah. why nobody else. You know, models that, but uh, Coach, everybody, right. everybody's looking for the for the next quick for fix. Next great, great thing, right? Next great yeah. fix. So, before we end our show today, we'd like to mention one more time: this show is presented by Bet Online. So anyway, it's crazy, man. Man, hey, listen, man, thank you for coming on the show with me tonight, man. And hey, we yeah. got, Coach, we got to do this again. Yeah, I, and, I, and I want you to, I want you to introduce me to Gene Washington. Okay. Oh, what you got to do it. I used to like to watch him play, man. Yeah, I will. I <laughs> you know, will. People, people get them confused because there were two Gene Washington. Yeah, there was a Gene Washington at Stanford. Yeah. And when he went to Stanford, uh-huh. and then he played for the 49ers, he had the long hair coming out the back. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then we had number 84. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, he was Michigan a bad State. boy. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So look, man, t- tell, tell Jimmy, I can't call him Little Jimmy no more because he's not Little Jimmy. <laughs> 
Tell, tell number three, I say hello. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Hey, I will. thank you so much again. Hey, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, that's our show for the night. If you love the show, comment, share with your friends. I'm your host, Bobby Butler. This is the show 100 Yards of Football. And tonight we had the great, great legendary NFL coach, Coach Jimmy Ray on the show. Man, thank you so much, Coach. I love you, man. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Thank Appreciate you. Man. Appreciate it. What is your favorite moment from football history? What teams and players are you cheering on? And who will win it all? We want to hear from you, our listeners. Head over to 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch and leave us a comment. We might use your suggestion in an upcoming episode. Tune in daily to the podcast and watch our show live every week. We are 100 Yards of Football Sports Talk Radio on the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.